Welcome to the Cookery by the Book podcast with Susie Chase. She's just a home cook in New York City, sitting at her dining room table, talking to cookbook authors. Hi, this is Hedy McKinnon, and I'm the author of a new cookbook called Family, New Vegetarian Comfort Food to Nourish Every Day. Everything you do has a special, homey, welcoming feel from Neighborhood Studio, your community kitchen, to Peddler Journal, a multicultural food journal, to your blog, Arthur Street Kitchen, to your latest cookbook, Family. Now, take me back to Surrey Hills, Sydney in 2011, when you rode around your neighborhood delivering salads to locals. Talk a bit about your style of creating, feeding, and connecting with community. Ah, great question. Um, so, Arthur Street Kitchen was a salad delivery business, which was started out of my home kitchen in Sydney, in a little neighbourhood called Surrey Hills. And at the time, before this, um, I think people didn't quite understand that I wasn't involved in food. Before 2011, I was, um, in many years, I worked in PR and living in Sydney and London. And then we moved home and I had three children in quick succession. And I just really decided I wanted to do something that that I could do from home, that, that kept me within my community. And it was just a really special um, time and a special neighbourhood. So I have been vegetarian for many years. And even though Surrey Hills has a lot of beautiful food, it's one of the, the most popular food areas in Sydney, I thought, actually, there's no one really making salads, like vegetarian salads, big salads with um, lots of multicultural flavors. So I just thought, hey, I'm going to do this. And so I, I started it. I used business, like I'm doing air quotes right now, business in inverted commas, because <laughs> I didn't really see it as a business. I just thought, I actually just really want to cook for people because I... Before this, I didn't really, I was, as I, as I said, I, I didn't, I wasn't involved in food. So once I started cooking and I really realized that connection that can be felt through food that was quite unique, like that feeling of cooking for someone and of them appreciating the effort that you've put in something you've, that you've made with your own hands was quite a, almost an addictive feeling. Like I just felt like this incredible um, emotional connection that I'd never experienced before. So basically I made these salads. They were vegetarian salads, vegetable-based, seasonal, and I popped them in a little, you know, container, you know, and put them on the back of my bike and I cycled them around my neighborhood. So for me, that business was always, I always felt like it was more for me than for other people's. Like I got such joy out of the feeding. Um, but never did I expect that the people that I was delivering to would respond in the way that they responded. I never imagined that over this exchange of a salad box that you could become lifelong friends with somebody, that you, in 10 minutes, or I have to say, Susie, I, sp- I took a long time delivering because I talk so much. <laughs> and I would just look forward to seeing these people. Like I only deliver two days a week and those two days it was, I just wanted to see people. I just wanted to talk to them and we'd talk about the food a little bit, but we'd also talk about life and the neighborhood and love and, you know, all these things. And in that exchange of a salad box, there would be this, this kind of deep 
you know, friendship being formed and um, it was just really special. And, you know, many of those people um, are, are still my very close friends. Um, I see them as kind of part of my family now. So, yeah, it was a really incredible thing and the business just kind of took off and I never advertised it. I didn't really want to kind of didn't want people to know about it almost. I wanted it to really develop from word of mouth. I wanted people to really only find out about it because someone loved it so much that they told them about it. And once word got out, though, it started getting hard because I only really delivered to a very small area because I was doing everything myself, like like you, Susie, with your podcast. I was a one-woman show. I was basically teaching myself to cook while I ran the business. Um, I didn't really, all these salad recipes um, were kind of made up on on the, like the the week of the deliveries. Every week I made up a new salad, four new salads. Um, Because I guess in like subconsciously, I was teaching myself to cook. I was teaching myself about flavor and about what vegetables went with what spices, um, what vegetable teamed well with which grain. And each salad recipe was a story to me. It was my way of um, saying something about my life. It was me reaching back into my memory and going, wow, I had this salad like you know, six years ago in Puglia in Italy and that felt very evocative to me and it it reminds me of that particular vacation and so I want to create a salad that's around that or, you know, certain ingredients. I started incorporating a lot of Asian ingredients um, and that's because my mum was in the kitchen with me. She would come and because my youngest at the time was one this is when I started out the street kitchen and um, she would come and look after my son Huck while I was cooking. But of course my mum's an amazing cook. So she would come into the kitchen and kind of uh, boss me around. <laughs> uh, she would like, you know, tell me all the things I was doing wrong and give me advice. And, you know, it, I think that business to me was a, that was a special from that point of view too, because it made me closer to my mom. It, brought me closer to the story of her life and she would tell me things while we were cooking together that she wouldn't normally tell me you know think like she would kind of you know the the kind of cliche of the little old Chinese women gossiping that was kind of us in the kitchen so um it was just a really special business and I guess from that I um I wrote a book that was called Community and that book is it just did these things I never expected it to. I mean, I, at the time, had never written a recipe before. And um, people asked me, oh, you know, people, about a year before I, I wrote the book, people would start asking for recipes. Oh, I really love that uh, roasted carrot salad with the za'atar. Can I have that recipe? So I would go home and write these salad, these salad recipes and email it to people, uh, just customers. And then it got to the point where there was this one week, seminal week in deliveries when four people said to me, oh, you should write a cookbook. And I was like, that's a sign. I should write a cookbook. Yes. So, I, yeah, I started writing this collection of recipes. And it was just the, all the recipes that I had made over the 
I think it was like a year or 18 months into the business. And I had this collection of recipes and it was, it was hard, Susie. Like the first, it, it took me about a year to write that book because I was also running the business and had three young children at the time. Um, and it took me a year to get all these recipes down and salad deliveries turned into book deliveries. So there were a few weeks when I was delivering these books and salads. It was just an incredible time, unexpected. That's the story of community. And community is um, it's coming up to its fifth year in Australia and it's it's been kind of a bestseller since the, the very beginning. On your blog, you wrote... My husband and I and our three children, Scout, Dash, and Huck, now live in a leafy part of Brooklyn. Here, I continue to make friends with salad. Now, as a non-salad lover, I took that sentence to mean that you learned to like salad. Did you always love it? I love vegetables. So, um, oh, I, I think that line actually means I continue to make friends through serving salad oh so oh my god yeah <laughs> i left out I a am. comma <laughs> <laughs> so you know like that there's that whole people joke about this a lot because you know there's that simpsons episode where yes. you know bart says you can't make friends with salad well <laughs> i kind of say that i've defied bart simpson by saying i have made a lot of friends through salad um but salad it, it's funny it's, it is actually a really pertinent question because i grew up i'm chinese i grew up in a very traditional chinese household and we never ate salad like you know in chinese culture you don't eat really eat a lot of raw things because it's not they deem it as you know too cold for your body so it imbalances your body because there's a whole like kind of yin and yang thing balancing hot and cold so raw food is not something we we eat a lot in chinese culture through kind of through cookbooks and really kind of diving into my um the flavors from my childhood i just discovered like wow like you can you can roast and you can char grill and you can pan fry and I just thought the salad is like the best way to present these vegetables I mean there is so much you can do with salad there is all these journeys that you can go on um, through using spice and texture and even things down to herbs and nuts like these the, the herb that you – I used to do this thing with my friend in Sydney where we go, okay, so if it's a French salad, what nut are you going to use? And I would say something like, oh, hazelnuts. Or if it's a Middle Eastern salad, what nut are you going to use? I would say, oh, maybe a walnut. You know, So there's all of these kind of different ways of injecting these elements into salads that kind of give them a real personality and a real story and a real character. Um, to me now that, you know, family is more than just salad. There's a very hefty salad chapter, but there is also things like soups and pastas and bakes and a whole egg chapter. Um, but if I had to choose one type of dish I would eat for the rest of my life, it would be a salad because I can do anything with a salad. Talk to me about the idea of cooked lettuce. I grew up in Kansas and mm -hmm. we always ate lettuce raw. We never cooked it. Yes. I think most people in the world eat lettuce raw. 
is, as I was saying, in Chinese culture, that we don't eat a lot of raw food. So um, lettuce is used as a very common um, base for stews. So there would be like a mushroom stew that would go, like shiitake mushrooms that go on the top, or sometimes there's abalone. There's also an abalone stew dish that would have cooked lettuce on the bottom. So most of our greens in Asian culture are cooked. Um, Cooked lettuce is like such a nostalgic taste for me. Yeah, on Monday evening, I made your stir-fried lettuce bowl with ginger fried rice and fried egg. And the lettuce still had a bit of crunch, but it was nice and warm, and it was coated uh, with the sauce. Can you describe this dish? So the the fried rice, for one, um, is my favorite fried rice. It is ginger. Um, It's kind of very minimalist in, in ingredients, but ginger is the main Um, kind of flavoring for the rice and then I've added like the cooked lettuce which is kind of cooked in like a soy sauce you can use lots of things you can might like you can use oyster sauce if you're not vegetarian Um, you can use like the vegetarian stir-fried sauce a mushroom sauce Um, but I've used like a a soy-based sauce and then it's served with a fried egg and a fried egg is something we ate a lot with rice it was kind of like my mother's um when she was kind of in, you know, in a hurry or she didn't have a lot of time, she would always make these fried eggs perfectly made in a wok with, you know, brown frizzled edges and the yolk would be made custom according to how each of her children enjoyed it. In this cookbook, there are family stories sprinkled throughout. Tell us about, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to pronounce her name right, mm-hmm. Julia Busatil Nishimura. And her darling family. Julia is a friend and colleague from Melbourne in Australia. And she is um, she is of Maltese heritage. So she um, shares with us a Maltese ricotta pie, which is nostalgic to her because it's the pie that her aunt made for her when she visited her in, in Malta. Um, so she's, uh, she's the... I think she's the queen of comfort food. You know, she has, she speaks fluent Italian. She lived in Italy for some time. She's actually an Italian teacher. Um, and she has this Maltese heritage. And her husband is Japanese. Um, so she also has that kind of influence. So she's kind of a really wonderful, um, I kind of see her as like kind of the encapsulates, you know, multicultural Australia in a way. So, um, and, you know, just kind of touching on those family stories that are in family that you talk about. I see those stories as really the beating heart of the book as cooks, as authors, um, as recipe developers, we're all part of this kind of ecosystem of history. And, and I think I find other people's stories so inspiring other people's stories, Um, kind of bolster my own story, if you know what I mean. And it makes me feel like I'm part of a community that is larger than just myself. Um, And I love to celebrate that. You know, people have asked me before, why would you feature another person in your book? Like, it's your book. And I'm like, but this is like, this is what I actually love the most. You know, it's really sharing other people's stories and having that resonate just not only with me, but with other people. 
the other night I made your other recipe on page 42 for the deconstructed falafel salad. I love mm-hmm. your interpretation of this recipe. Describe this. Who doesn't love falafels? We love falafels. I'm vegetarian, of course, and falafels is often the vegetarian option for um, for non-meat eaters. So it's roasted chickpeas. And you can incidentally do this with any legume. You don't have to use um, chickpeas. You can use – I've done it with, you know, cannellini beans or navy beans or borlotti, you know, groman beans. Um but it's just this method of, you know, you cooking it in, in olive oil and some garlic um, and some spices. And it just, it just you know, the flavor intensifies and it gets this crispy coating on the outside and it's so Moorish. Um, and then the salad has like a lemon tahini that's finished off. It's got the wilted kale alongside the freshly um, shaved cucumber. Um, there's some herbs and lemon mixed in there. So this a lot of texture and a lot of flavor, and it's just so deeply satisfying. I mean, you can serve it with pita chips. Some people like to eat it without because it's been gluten-free, um, but some pita chips is always nice too. So it's all about kind of bringing in lots of layers of flavor, but then also bringing in lots of layers of texture. And I think this salad really encapsulates all of that. The lovely thing about this cookbook is that you can combine frozen this or store-bought that or canned yeah. whatever, and the yes. dish comes out perfectly homemade and fresh. I don't always get to get, go to the green market every week. Sometimes I'm just so busy, I have to make do with you know my local grocery store and my local green grocer, and that's okay too. I really, I want this book to be really egalitarian. You know, I think there's a lot of guilt. People feel guilty. It's like, if I'm going to be a vegetarian or if I'm going to eat more vegetables, I have to shop at the green market. And if that's going to be the difference of what's stopping someone from eating more vegetables, I say just go to your local supermarket or green grocer and get that that broccoli. It's okay. Um, I want people to feel like they can use canned beans because in reality, um, busy families, busy even if you're a busy single person, you don't have to have a family, just busy people don't have time to cook chickpeas from scratch. You have to soak it to, you know, 24 hours before you're going to cook it. And then it's another, you know, 45 to two hours of cooking. It's a long process. And from a practical point of view, I don't want that to be turning people off from making this amazing deconstructed falafel salad if they think that, oh, I need to soak chickpeas. On to my segment called My Last Meal. What would you have for your last supper? Would be probably like a ginger fried rice, something like that, something that's direct from my childhood that brings me ultimate comfort. Um, or a salad, probably like a childhood broccoli salad. Where can we find you on the web and social media? Okay, so you can find me on Instagram at Hedy McKinnon, just my full name spelt out, um, no dots or or underscores, or at my website, um, www.arthurstreetkitchen.com. This has been terrific. Thanks so much, Hedy, for coming on Cookery by the Book podcast. Thank you, Susie. I'm so happy to talk to you. Follow Susie Chase on Instagram at Cookery by the Book and subscribe at cookerybythebook.com or in Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening to Cookery by the Book Podcast, the only podcast devoted to cookbooks since 2015.